and welcome to the Better Everyday Coaching Podcast. Today on the podcast, we're talking about forcing the middle and straight up forces. I'm delighted to be joined by Leo Micklem. Leo, hello. Hey there, Ian. And I'm also joined by Fiona Myrna. Fiona, hello. Hi. We're going to jump straight into the topic by kind of going through a brief background for our own careers and where and when we encountered these sort of defenses. Uh, so I'm going to start with myself. Um, I was very lucky that my first year playing, I was introduced to Straight Up Marks um, by Keno Moran, who's one of the best players in Ireland at the time. Um, so Straight Up Marks is something that I've used pretty much my whole career, certainly my whole coaching career. It's something that I've introduced on every single team that I've coached and used quite a bit of the time. Uh, something that I have a lot of belief in. Force Middle was something I think I just found on the internet um, because no one in Ireland really played it at the time. Uh, I hadn't really encountered it before, so I'm pretty sure I just wrote a blog post or something on it and then started using it in Ireland, um, won some really important games and stuff with it. Really liked it, but didn't probably use it to the full extent that I could. And so for me, for Force Middle, it was going to the 2017 US Open. Um, as a spectator, that was the one that Revolution won the women's division. Kind of unexpectedly, no one really saw that. Saw them challenging that. One of the reasons they dominated was they played a force middle. It kind of looked like no one could figure it out. They were so athletic, they were so agile and quick, um, and they just dominated the middle of the pitch. Um, just remember the Cardenas in particular, just getting multiple layouts kind of from those flat throws across the pitch, uh, across the middle of the pitch, and then sneaking out of the out of sacks and getting layout D's. Um, so seeing that, that really cemented my love for force middle. And from then on, I, it probably became my most used defense as a coach. Because I guess before that, I wasn't so confident that it would work at the very highest levels. But seeing Revolution dominate all the, the top teams in, in the US certainly burst that illusion. Um, so yeah, that's my background to those. Fiona, I think yours is probably going to be quite similar since we've been involved in the same teams for a lot of our careers. But do you want to give your background? Yeah, I can't remember a specific starting point of either. I think, though, the most successful was a time when you were coaching Jabba in around 2012. That's when I really remember the team actually using it a lot. And then again in 2015. Um, and then Force Middle, I feel like I haven't really been on a team that used that a lot although maybe I don't pay enough attention to the D-lines but usually they play a lot of zone and saying that I suppose when I was in college we would have done zones with the cup and that would have been a force middle idea obviously not person force middle but this that idea of it uh, coming into play was was just through zone mostly I think. Cool um, then Leo I have no idea for you I know when we were coaching Randall together, obviously we used force medals and a bit of straight up as well. Um, but before that, had you played much of them at all? Yeah, I think the first kind of introduction into forces that were not just one way was probably making the under-24 open team under uh, Matthew Feely um, and kind of starting to be introduced to some of those ideas. But I think a lot of it was kind of for the start of a point and then we transitioned into a one-way force was, was often what we did. And then I went down to New Zealand uh, that same season and was kind of introduced to some more defensive ideas. Um, and so that's where I started to use them a little bit more. But it wasn't like a real like major piece of our toolkit at that stage. And it wasn't really until I got back to working with you and Ranala that, that then things started to like kind of click in my brain, I guess, that actually we can do this uh, for like a major part of our defense and not just like something that 
is a little trick before we go back into our one-way forces. Cool, thanks. So with Ranla, um, I think Leo has the this actual stats to back this up, but I'm pretty sure in our Euros run that certainly in the last few games, like we basically only play force middles and straight ups. Well, a bit of zones as well, but we didn't play any points of force forehand and force back. Am I right on that, Leo? Yeah, pretty much exclusively. Um, I have the I have my spreadsheet somewhere. I can dig it out at some point. But yeah, it's we pr- basically and and honestly, we didn't even play that much zone uh, after our I think our last pool game. We completely scrapped one of our zones, and this is what we're gonna do. We played a lot of uh, fronting against Moon uh, that year, and then uh, FM against most other teams. Yeah, and I think is it definitely a, a big part of our success that year and the previous year as well. Like my personal philosophy that I've gotten to at this stage is I never want to play a side force unless I do for the red zone. Um, I think it still makes sense in the red zone, but everywhere else on the pitch, I just don't want to play a side force. A couple of reasons. Firstly, the main reason is most people play against side force all the time and nearly everyone's offense and offensive flow is built around playing against kind of predictable one-way forces using the break side, being able to reset to the break side, be able to get power positions and just get a a hook against, again, a side force. So if your receiver gets separation, it's basically, it's basically a, an open shot. It's an open goal. I just don't want teams doing that against me. I just hate it. I just really hate when teams just get like an open hook against us or are able to just get three passes in a row within the open side um, without being challenged. Uh, but I, I think it's mainly the reason that if everyone plays against forehand force, particularly like 70-80% of the time, they're going to be really polished against that. They're going to be really, like all their plays, all their patterns are going to be really good against that. So first thing I want on defense is to take away that comfort and just make people do something a little bit different for an entire game. Um, so for me, where I am now, compared to I guess when I started playing, when I started being taught how to play, when I started coaching myself, I've just essentially thrown side force in the bin and I don't use them unless I think the only thing I use them for now is like during warm tournaments or something or training where I just want our players to focus on basics of defense like their own matchups being able to guard people in space one-on-one um so it's literally just like an isolation tool for our defenders when I use it but uh Leo for you how much do you use these sort of defenses now versus kind on those teams when you were when you were being taught the game I mean I think when I was first being taught the game back in college in 2015, I think uh, it was very much a case of other college kids don't know how to throw forehands and we want to make things as difficult as possible for the other team or the majority of people don't know how to throw forehands. So we're just going to force one way. And then, then as you kind of progress, then teams started to be able to throw forehands. You're like, ah, oh, everybody's playing against forehand all the time. So we're going to now force backhand because teams are not used to that. And it was kind of one or the other, or you played a zone, and that was basically your three defenses, and you were pretty certain that you were going to get one of those one of those three. Um, whereas now, not only where I'm coaching, but also the teams that I'm playing against, uh, it's becoming, you know, more and more rare that you just get to play against a team that's just going to force you one way and play defense one way. There's always going to be some kind of a trick, and so. Like one of the first things I'm doing when my O-line is out is watching what the other team are doing on defense and seeing if, they're, if there's any patterns that can be spotted. Are they forcing one way in a particular area of the field? And can we uh, 
play or call offensive plays that are going to exploit that? Um, or are they actually going to give us lots of different defenses, in which case we just have to play smart offense and, and kind of scrap some of those pull plays? Cool. And Fiona, for you, um, again, obviously a lot of time you've been coached by me, so the history is going to be the same, but now you're coaching Java the Hook. Um, you coached DCU before, which I wasn't involved in. Um, so with those teams, how much did you use the sort of fronts, force middles? With, I think, uh, DCU, my first year, I did use front because most players are taught forcing with the three-man drill or the Luke Skywalker drill, which we call. So you have, you're just flat marking someone and they have to try and throw a pass due to the player about 10 meters behind. So it's kind of at least easy enough to reference and if you have more athletic people on the pitch that can actually mark close enough downfield, does it really matter if they're slightly under or to the right side or left side or whatever? You don't really have to teach too much. So it can just throw off the other team, kind of like what you were saying. If they're used to playing against the side force a lot, you throw this at them and actually challenge them a bit more to have to uh, see the pitch differently. So I would have used it a little bit, um, but I primarily would have focused on training offense in the actual sessions so that we could actually score when we got the disc. Um, with Jabba as well, it's kind of um, my setting isn't um, a typical training a squad because it's such a large community club. So I'm sort of building year on year a little bit more, um, focused a lot more again on offense last year. And then you just I haven't actually used an FM or a front yet, but it's the very start of 2024. So we'll see. <laughs> Great. Um, well, I, I typically brought up like those environments. Because I think it's a mistake that people make that they think, particularly force mill, like most people just don't use straight up marks at all. We might talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but for force mill, I think people think it, it as a more advanced sort of defense that you need to be able to like read the game, you need to be able to understand forces first before you can play force middle. And I can see the logic behind that. But I think people should not do that, essentially. I think force middle in particular is a fantastic developmental tool for for players because one of the things that i see all the time is like i get players come to me a club uh, we've been playing a few years and all they can do is like take a very specific position as a defender like they've been taught i stand here on defense when the force is forehand i stand here on defense and the force is backhand and i have no idea what's going on around them and then you're on a more advanced team and you're trying to play team defenses but like People only like, stare at their their marks hips. That's all they do, and you can get away with that in a one way force. And as Leo said earlier, you can particularly get away in a one way force where the throwers are brilliant um, at a lower level, um, and the kind of the one way force is doing a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Uh, whereas I think with a force middle, like you're forced to look around you. You have to be able to like you, you have to be able to survive. You you can't just look at your player because the disc moves, the force changes. You're suddenly on there wrong side of your player uh, and they're wide open obviously coaches don't want to lose early on like i think there's way too much focus in those and like not losing and competing for t- titles at university level or school level i see it um so people don't want to do that they don't take the time to be bad at force middle for a bit even though i think it must be benefit people later on in their careers uh leo you kind of mentioned the same point where uh early when you're talking about your college career but like What's your opinion? Like, do you think people are being forced, forced, nice pun, um, down like a particular limiting path 
early by force forehand and force backhand kind of beat into the false forces. I, I don't know that I've, I've thought about it kind of framed in that way necessarily before, but I, I guess that the reality is, is that when, when I was going through college, the, as far as I knew, there wasn't a club scene. There wasn't the national team stuff. It was like the college was the be-all and the end-all. And for me, coming into a group of pretty established players, at, at that point, they were like, we want you to be able to execute this thing uh, because we want to win this InterVarsity mm-hmm. title because this is our, our gold medal. This is our world championship. And so it's only when I then stepped into the club scene and realized, oh, there's still, there's like more outside of college. But even then, the first couple of years playing club, college was still like the most important thing to me. And so I coached uh, the last two years that I was in college and it was still it was the same idea as like, right, we need to be able to get as many people doing kind of fundamental basics uh, as best we can, because at that stage, that was all I knew about how to go about trying to win InterVarsity titles. And I will say that I didn't win any, so uh, not sure that it was the, the right move. Yeah, I mean, if everyone's chasing winning the same title, um, someone's got to lose it. And it's, it's definitely, speaking of the Irish experience anyway, um, like the amount of varsity titles these days is completely bananas. Like, there is maximum 24 weeks in the college season and there seems to be a inter-varsity title available every every two or three weeks and people are really going to try and win them every two or three weeks. And yeah, I just don't think that's that's an ideal that's an ideal environment for developing players for for future. Um, even, not, even not necessarily like because I want them to come to a club I'm coaching and be better so I can win. <laughs> that's, that's not what I'm saying. Just for their own development as players. It's, it's, I think it's kind of limiting to chase titles that early. Fiona, I wanted to ask kind of a similar question about fronting, because I think a lot of people shy away from fronting. And there's always a question that we got when we were introducing fronts to all the teams like, oh, if the other team's playing a vertical sack and we're fronting and I'm on defense and fields, like, where could I possibly stand? Because they're going to just run the other way and be free. Um, which is like, true. Yes. How do you solve that problem? Um, I wonder if you've gone about how you've gone about solving that problem in, in the teams that you've coached. Uh, yeah, so I just try not to get asked the question. And then I tell them just be an arm's length away is just my favorite thing of just like, because if they start worrying too much about exactly where they're standing all the time, instead of just being within bidding distance, I think then they can really put themselves behind in a worse position more often than not. Whereas if they're just constantly trying to stay on their heels or right uh, like on their shoulder, ideally, then uh, it should work out okay. Um, and then essentially I'm the type to especially in that kind of college scene where I am seeing the same players every week, but I know there's only a limited amount of time for them to learn, then I want to just address the biggest problems that I see. So if there's no need to mention uh, the idea that you're supposed to take away unders more because they're actually able to stop a lot of those like uplines or hooks or whatever pretty quickly, I'm not going to say it unnecessarily but I'll try and identify whatever the weakness is that I'm seeing and actually work with that um, and then any potential ones that I think other teams will have any strengths or whatever I still might address it but maybe just with a couple of the experienced players in a quick way while I let the more developed or the, the younger players just try and kind of learn their own field sense themselves. I try not to impose any major or strict rules on where to stand and just let them kind of figure it out as they do it. Cool. And I think kind of on the same uh, 
thing we're talking with Leo about, with the obvious thing to me is like, well, you can't guard two sides at once, but you have teammates. Mm-hmm. And if you're a smart, you can kind of coordinate it so that you can, you know, surround the stack and and take away those different options. Um, you don't have to think of defenses as solely one-on-one activity, which again, I think, I think the limiting way that people are taught defense, uh, person defense from the beginning is that like, it's just 1v1 all the time. I just guard my player. I do my job. It doesn't matter if someone else get, makes a mistake and gets scored on because I did my job. Which is something like lots of people say to me like, about trials and stuff or about selections. It's like, oh, it's really hard to see the person that like is always close to their player isn't, isn't letting them get free. And so it's like, that's not useful if the team got scored on, really. Well done for being close to your player. But the object of us playing defense is that the other team doesn't score. And if you're just shooting down your player and we still got scored on, it's not it's not really that positive a thing. I'm just going to, I'm only going to see that we got scored on. So maybe you could have found something else to do rather than stand up your player who's doing nothing. I'm going to another rant here, so I'm going to move on. I think one of the reasons, like teams don't use straight marks in particular, but I think teams don't use FM um, as well. Still through this sort of bias towards straight up marks, it's not straight marks, to side marks being the default. Uh, I remember years and years ago, reading and understanding ultimate blogs benji hayward's blog sorry if i got your name wrong benji he wrote a really good article he was talking about i think he's talking about zones versus person defense where he said like person defense is the default if teams get scored on playing a zone they blame the zone if teams get scored on playing person they blame like an individual mistake that you can fix because the default is that you play person defense whereas you're biased against zone so if something doesn't go perfectly when you're playing zone you blame the fact that you played zone rather than kind of taking the same attitude. Curious for both of you if you see the same thing when teams are playing FMs or playing straight up. Yeah, I think the big place for me that where FM can kind of, or sorry, no, where fronting can fall down is where not everyone's on the same page of what we're trying to achieve. And so if we get scored on, then they're like, oh, that was because we were playing a front and this team can beat a front or fronting is just not very good uh, as opposed to being able to recognize that they may have scored but it was in a they were forced to do it in a way that we wanted them to do it or because somebody was not doing what they were supposed to do within within the system and then I think similarly FM the issues typically come from what we were saying earlier about players not knowing how to defend or know or where to mark their player when playing FM, and then so if they get scored on, they're like, "Oh, it's because we're playing FM, and not because the the system like they've made an individual error. They think that the system is at fault when it's really a case of that they need to improve their kind of skill level within the system." Yeah, that's kind of similar to what I see a lot. It does take a while for you people to start trusting those two as assists. So I think it takes a while as a coach even. To start trusting particularly like i said for the fm it was only recently revolution use it and kind of dominate with it and i was like oh i don't have to feel like i have to take this defense off if we get scored on um because like i feel embarrassed saying this will work when it's not working um even though like, that happens all the time when we're playing force forehand or we're playing the zone everyone loves or whatever it is um like we get scored on i think one of my things i say most often in a tournament is after we get scored on, telling everyone it's okay, teams will score points on us. That's okay. We're not gonna sh- show the team out fifteen zero 
Um, so, okay, so I guess we've talked a lot about, or I've ranted a lot in particular about like, why maybe people don't trust um, force mills and straight to marks. But I guess we should probably talk about why they are good defenses and why people should use them more often. So, Fiona, you can pick which one you'd prefer to talk about and why you think it's great and people should use it more often. <laughs> Okay, honestly, I don't think I've been on a team where people have argued against this. So I think I will just say I am pro both of them, but I am especially a fan of fronting. I, am, I think that it's really useful because it's, well, a big part of the game is obviously hooks. So taking that away is good, but it's also a lot of fun <laughs> to put on a big aggressive front mark. And I think it can really increase your um, energy as a team on that defense as well. I think you can coordinate this a little bit more clearly as well. It can give you a little bit more time uh, downfield to coordinate a bit more. Sometimes the FM is a little trickier in that sense, trying to keep switching sides. Um, I think it's very simple because it'll translate from other sports for people to t tell the person, just try not to let them throw up that way. Um, rather than the side force is so confusing at the start for beginners. And then you have to use the word open side and break side rather than just left right um yeah um i know you just fetch beginners and i don't want people to get focused on that because i have two european championships because of fronting um not it's only because of fronting but it played a big part um leo do you have any opinions on fronting like did you like it when we used it with Ranla? i i love fronting uh used it a bunch since with both ireland mixed and with alba last season we got a lot of joy out of it crucial Particularly with Alba uh, last year, uh, we got a lot of joy in, in a couple of our, of our knockout games where it really just made teams not be able to use their first option of just wanting to hook the disc from a power position. And when you ask teams to do something that's not their favorite thing to do, you get turnovers and that gives you the opportunity to, to score. So um, I think it's a great defense. I think that what's important from a coaching aspect is explain to people why we're playing it and not just saying right this is what we're doing trust me um i think it it really helps people kind of get an understanding of okay th these are the things that we're looking for this is what we want to try and pressure the other team to do and this is how we're going to try and get a block from it and then suddenly that they're they feel empowered to then go out and try and execute themselves because they're kind of on the same page as you are Ian. Have you had pushback from women's teams that I've been on or anything when you try and do defenses like this? Or, or is it just the men's team? <laughs> Curiosity. It's, it's everyone. No one likes losing. Like I, I always try to remember, like, people don't like losing. Um, so people, like, if you get scored on once or twice or three times in a row or whatever, people want to do something different or want to go what they're comfortable with, the most comfortable with. And I guess I'd be pretty lucky with the kind of the high-level European teams of coach that Rana is kind of the exception where with Rana I hadn't worked with most of the players before. Pretty much none of them. Um, whereas with Ireland women, Ireland mixed, Gravity, Diablo, like coaching people for years and years. So um, it's more of a gradual process where they like, trust me. And I guess I was lucky by the time I got to Rana that I had won European championships. So people were more inclined to trust me um, and trust what we did. Um, but there are still like times I still remember it was even midway through Euros. I think our crossover game against I can't remember which Polish team was outsiders, um, where we played like in a hellish rainstorm at the pit to the mud bath. 
And that was probably maybe the first time our, like, we played a front with kind of poaching marks in the lane because it was so hard to throw loads of passes now. We just played it like got three breaks in three minutes, basically, when the game had been tied before that because both teams were just hooking the disc really, really well. It was one of those like both teams decided to hook the disc in terrible conditions and just came down with like, every single hook perfectly. Um, and we went to that and yeah, we just immediately just went on a big run. Uh, and that established a lot of trust then because people see that happening. Uh, but before that, yeah, definitely. I think people think front is a beginner defense. It can be. Like, it is a very effective defense to use with beginners, but and people think it's almost like so simplistic that it couldn't work. Um, you just stand in front of them and try to stop them throwing. Like, that's not going to work. Teams are too good for that. Like, it forces the disc to the sideline straight away. It immediately forces people to throw this to the sideline. It's so hard to throw straight down the middle of the pitch against the front because that's the exact space the markets are protecting. Immediately goes to the sideline. We all know offenses don't work so well from the sideline. Um, so uh, yeah. I'm just t- talking about why I love front now. <laughs> Liam, yeah. I was going to let you talk about force middle. Um, so yeah, what do you love about using force middle? I think the the like most obvious one is that people are used to with one way forces that there's a very clear open side and a very clear break side, and particularly where teams have spent a lot of time working on okay, how do we win one v one matchups in a lane. Uh, and if suddenly that lane isn't where you expect it to be and you're not used to attacking the break side in the same way, it suddenly can mess up all the timing downfield. And even if you get one cut off, suddenly the, the open side is not the open side anymore and your, your timing of that continuation becomes much more difficult. As well as that, you just narrow the whole pitch. It feels much more constricting. Players that are guarding on the sideline can kind of creep towards the middle a bit and, and narrow those lanes. And it kind of negates any like sort of break side, cut up the line power position because the reset's pretty much always on the open side. Um, and so it ends up feeling quite claustrophobic and just a, like a little bit off. You're you're not used to, to playing in that situation. Um, and so that it it breaks your rhythm really and, and that's where mistakes come. I was just thinking I don't have any strong memories of force middle. And I don't know why that is, but I don't I don't feel like I've ever successfully played force middle on a team as our primary defense or even secondary, say. Um, it seems like something more that I've experienced as let's just do it, but we haven't necessarily actually trained for it. So we just do it at tournaments because we all understand the concept. Um, it is hard to play against, though. It does squeeze spaces, but it's pretty easy if they start getting like if you lose if you can't keep up with your player and you just give them those yards it's very easy for them to actually just work it down the sideline anyway because they just keep swinging it and so you still need good matchups yeah i was, I was going to say that's true against every defense field if <laughs> people can't keep up with their player they're guarding i don't think it's a defense that's why i think it doesn't like work as well as sometimes a front uh went on sort of mixed ability teams because you can really take advantage of strong marks on the right players or on the handlers to really clog them. Whereas um, you, I feel a force middle, I think, needs more skill. Yeah, I guess that goes back to, to the start of the discussion we had. Just like people use force middle as like an advanced tactic, whereas it doesn't need to be. As you were saying, I think saying before we started recording, is like most field sports, like you need to be aware of what's going on around you and be able to react to what's going on around you instead of just like being glued to glued to one player and following them around the place. Um, and I think Forrest Mill really encourages that. Like you said, 
I mean, I think if I was coaching a, a development team or a team, I would just play Force Mills at fronts again. I would, I'd say that about any team probably. So maybe that's not a revelation, but uh, I just think you need to develop much more, a bit much more of an ability to look around you and use your teammates rather than, yeah, just hoping you get the best of your own matchup, uh, which you might have gathered if you're listening to this. I hate, I hate that. Uh, I think as a coach, I just fundamentally don't trust that that's a that's a valid way to or it's a very clever way to try and win yeah i i adore force middle i think it's just so flexible you can just you can layer so many things onto a force middle um because you just think you take so much control of the the flow of the point away from the offense when you play force middle like leo said that the offense just yeah it's just hard for the offense to cope with what you can do in a force middle like i've seen loads of teams play force middle they just play everyone plays like a different variation of when the four switch is how the four switches does it switch to a like a does it switch to a front on the sidelines and then it's one way in the middle. Some teams kind of do the opposite. I tried, didn't really get very far with it. But rather than playing front in the middle, two force middle. That's the name of a defense I won't mention. Um, exactly, <laughs> that works really, really well. And um, <laughs> in that Bologna game at the start of Euros in the Lightning Storm, that got got us all our breaks. Um, but uh, we've never revealed that defense. We never will reveal that defense. Um, Fiona knows as well, but she can't remember the details. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just think it's just, it's such. Force Mills is so useful for just adding content, like you said, getting that help defense on the far side of the pitch. Like it's so natural in a force middle because it's just like what well, they have to throw it into the middle of the pitch, and I can see everything developing around me. Maybe I should just walk in and take the disc away from them. Um, uh, I, a couple of quick questions then. Uh, I just thought one while you were talking there. So I, I guess like of the two, um, like straight up is kind of what I've tended to go to. It's like an anti-hook defense. Like I'm really afraid the team is getting too much momentum with their deep, their deep game. I'll go to front. But I've started thinking more recently, like is a force middle actually a better anti-hooking defense? Because like a front, obviously... You can stop the hook at its origin because you've got a straight up mark on, so it's really hard to hook against. But like, it's impossible to always have a mark on. Like, you're not guaranteed to, to always be able to get a really strong mark on. Whereas I feel like in a front, in a forced middle, you're kind of baiting people into taking hooks into traffic because you're giving them like you're a side force still, so you're giving them the hook, but they have to hook it into where all your defenders hopefully are lurking. Um. So yeah, I know this is. Something I'm just throwing at you right, right now because I literally saw this. Uh, but uh, Leo, what do you think? Like, which one would you go to if you're up against a team that's kind of destroying you deep? I think one thing that I will tell my team uh, when trying to play flat marks is that we're not trying to stop all hooks, we're just trying to stop good hooks. And I think that mindset really helps players on the mark in particular not like go massive jumping at bids of fakes and things like that because they're like okay i just have to make sure that they can't throw a good hook if it's a big floaty around thing that gives us an opportunity to get a bid on or at least has to be with a lot of shape you you have an opportunity to get a block and i think that's kind of the same for for force middle if they're gonna have to throw over traffic is you're gonna have to throw a throw with a lot of shape that's gonna be very difficult to throw and of course they're both still possible to throw and teams good teams are going to be able to score them from time to time, as you say. And so it's not really a reason to scrap it necessarily. But 
I think it, it kind of is a little team dependent. I think I've come up against teams that are very good at throwing uh, basically like diagonal hooks over everybody. And so their NFM isn't so strong, whereas other teams, they can't throw around a big mark with a lot of shape. And so that's more useful there. And I think it's a little, a little dependent. I don't have a particular favorite. I think they both work. Sitting on the fence. Uh, Fiona, do you have a particular favorite for a hooking team? I would agree that sometimes uh, straight up or front is just uh, you can still get good throwers that can throw around it or bad marks that overbid. Uh, with the force middle, definitely useful for teams that just, and this is Ireland, just love to run up line for a dump, catch a disc, and then get into that power position and hook. So if that's kind of their go-to, I think the force middle is probably going to be more effective because they might still be able to get free up line and actually the person might still be able to pivot around and throw a dish up line to them. Uh, so the force middle at least makes them have to throw a harder throw up the line if they are going to complete it and it should change the timing and spacing for them as well. Um, and then have to yeah make them turn back into the field if their mark is doing a good job. Uh, I'm just disappointed you didn't say if you're on a, a team is throwing with hooks, you just like put a front on, you match up with their best hooker, and you point block them, and then it's like, that's the end of that. <laughs> that's the way we used you a lot. Uh, okay, I've got one last question for both of you. So this is like a decree has come down, and all coaches have to now have a philosophy, and you can only play one type of person defense for the rest of your coaching career. No more flexibility, no more adaptability. You've got to nail your colors to the mass and say, this is my... This is my person defense. We're always going to play it. We're going to be amazing at it. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll go first. That's why you have a quick think. I'm going, probably going fourth middle. Gives me the adaptability that I'm not allowed to have um, possibly. So I was going to cheat and say fourth middle where I do creative stuff with it. Fiona, let's start with you. I think it's kind of obvious from what I've said so far, but front, <laughs> please. And then I assume you're allowed to yeah, do like zags in the lane and stuff with your front. And yeah, of course. Things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I would take front all day. Okay, Leo. I feel like I'm not even remotely surprised, Frenchie, that you uh, picked a, an FM. I think I'd probably go with a with the front as well. Uh, at least at the moment, I'm I'm a big fan of it. But uh, it's it's. I think you could. I I would almost be happy with either. Absolutely stunned at that. I I called Fiona picking front. I was sure you were going to say Forrest and Leo. So thank God I also didn't say front because. Yeah, that would be embarrassing if we all said the worst defense, which is fronting. <laughs> yes, okay. We're going to leave it there because we've gone on a while. It's really nice chatting about fronting and forcing middle with, with both of you. So thanks, Fiona. Thanks, Leo, for jumping on and having a chat about it. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you have any comments or questions or you want to suggest any topics for future episodes, you can either message me on Instagram at Better Everyday Coaching. Um, or email me better at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.